0: we're seeing demand pick right back up hasn't translated into rising premiums in fact we're updating our prices right now and they're still on their way slightly down so honestly the best premium i've seen since 2020 not even close across the board on everything with the exception once again of silver eagles
1: Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcady Economics. And once again, it is fortunately that time of the week where we dig into the physical silver world with Andy Scheckman of Miles Franklin, find out what's going on with the premiums and the availability of products and anything else of note in the silver world. So Andy, great to have you on here today. And sorry about your Vikings over the weekend. I know that was Mm -hmm. a tough one you're still recovering from but aside from that how is everything going
0: yeah it was a bummer I'm used to it now I just disappoint you every single year but uh, it's all good buddy there's always next year Um, I'm good I'm good I hope you are too
1: well doing well and uh, you're a step ahead of the Jets so there's always that to be grateful for and um, but in either case enough football talk everybody wants to hear the latest on the silver world and Again, as we've talked about the past couple of weeks, uh, extending from last year, premiums down a little bit, and seems like order flow is starting to pick up a little bit in the week or two since the year began. But uh, since we last talked, what is going on in the silver premium world?
0: It's really quite quite fascinating. Uh, I have done this for over three decades. I've never seen premiums escalate the way they did as fast as they did over the last three years. And conversely, I have never seen them retreat um, the way they have, as fast as they have right now. And I try to make sense of it. I've talked to a lot of people and they all say the same thing. They've never seen really quite anything like it. And you know, I guess when you look at the mainstream public who virtually has zero allocation to precious metals right now, zero, um, it's a situation of supply and demand and there was a definite, almost like a switch was turned off in November. It's interesting though. um, Premiums are still coming down yet. Literally since right after the first of the year, we're trending right back up again with uh, volume reminiscent of what we've seen over the last couple of years. So I look, I, I don't think this is anything, um, in terms of it being uh, substantive or uh, a new trend. I mean, it certainly is eye-opening and shocking how fast they've come down, to what degree they've come down. There are still some things that haven't come down, like the American Eagle, which is still you know, roughly $9 over the price of silver, but just about everything else, from the other five sovereign mints to the bars, 10 ounce, 100 ounce, the one ounce rounds, have all become really, really, really affordable. And I struggle to find out uh, not only from the people I know, but just scratching my head what's going on. And um, I don't really have a great answer for you other than what we've talked about. You know, I think uh, the holidays certainly represented a time for people to shut off their computer, get out and not think about their finances or precious metals. But here we are after the uh, the new year, and people are starting to recalibrate and refocus, and we're seeing demand pick right back up. Hasn't translated into rising premiums. In fact, we're updating our prices right now, and they're still on their way slightly down. So honestly, the best premium I've seen since 2020, not even close, across the board on everything, with the exception, once again, of Silver Eagle's.
1: Yeah, and so the, most of the people who call in, are they generally looking for whatever is the lowest premium over spot? Are people sensitive and wanting particular products right now? Obviously, there's there's the segment of the market that does like the Eagles and just goes for them no matter what the conditions are. But um, the majority of people generally just looking to add whatever comes at the best rate. And what what are the lowest premiums on a good silver product right now as well?
0: Yeah, for the past two years, I've begged everyone to buy bars, 10 ounce, kilo, 100 ounce, because the Sovereign Mint coins have just been stupid as a reflection of historical reference. They've come down to levels right now that are not too far off of where they were in 2019. Everything but the Eagle, the Maple, the Philharmonic, the Kangaroo, the Kruger and the Britannia. Um, and not too far off of the prices of bars. My go to spot for the past two years has been Valcambi Kilo, Valcambi 10, Valcambi 100, Royal Canadian Mint 100. They have consistently been the best value in a world of stupid high premiums. I would say that the five mints, again, this is an indictment against the US mint. Why is it that I can get coins imported from Australia, the United Kingdom, Austria, and South Africa? Have them shipped all the way across the Atlantic Ocean and, and offer them to the public for roughly $6 less, roughly, than the American Eagle, which is made here in the United States and New York and uh, West Point, New York. I, it's very difficult for me, once again, to continue, even as a US man authorized reseller, uh, an honor I'm supremely proud of, to recommend people buy the American Eagle, um, if not for some sort of a reason that is detached from value. And there are reasons. Some people feel that it's the safest place. Some people feel that, like Jim Sinclair has publicly talked about, if there were ever confiscation, again, it would be his belief that American minted items would be safe from that. I know Bill Holter feels that way as well. And, you know, hey, maybe there's your reason to do it. But when you're talking value, yeah, it's not found in the American Eagle. It's found in 10 ounce, kilo, and 100 ounce bars. And maybe for the first time since right before the pandemic, you're actually finding decent values in the five coins, as I mentioned, Britannia, Philharmonic, Kangaroo, Kruger, and um, uh, what else, Maple Leaf. Even the Maple Leaf has come back down to reasonable premiums.
1: And what's the difference in premium between some of the sovereigns and a 10 or 100 ounce bar right now?
0: Maybe a buck. And for the better part of the last year, two, it's been three, four, even sometimes five dollars. So a dollar or less, depending upon what bars you're getting and what conditions and are they assorted or are they name brand. But look, if someone's looking for the biggest bang for the buck right now, it's going to be in a bar. But it's not that far off, not more than three, four, five percent max, maybe six percent higher than some of uh, some of the bars or the sovereign coins will be four to 6% higher than the bars. They've been two to three times that over the last few years.
1: Yeah, and something that comes up that I guess doesn't get as much attention, but on, on the sellback side, which I get the feeling doesn't happen quite as often, but I do get those questions of how do people actually sell their metals? What is the liquidity like in terms of selling back bars? Um, and also, if we reach a point where things are chaotic, I know people wonder how do they, if they do, for whatever reason, choose to want to sell, how they cash them in, and anything you could add on that half of the of the market?
0: The liquidity is fantastic. And selling bars back is not a problem, or coins. Not, I mean, it, it, the the process is, is buying it in reverse. You lock it in, uh, we can help you ship it back with the UPS air bill that we send you with insurance attached to it or show you how to do it safely by registered and insured mail. That That's easy. The part that's difficult, I think, for people to understand is the premium. And this is a very interesting topic. It, it's a topic that we could have. I know we had talked about doing a podcast here maybe next week or later this week, Chris, and it's a topic really that deserves a good amount of time. The moral of the story is for the past two years, maybe almost three Anyone in my position has had to secure product anywhere from six to twelve weeks out in order to get delivery, because you know the, the larger companies are competing for a very small supply of metal over the last few years with high premiums. And as an example, the kangaroos that we have, we purchased you know in in late November, where premiums were substantially higher, and so you know, this is the, the the risk that the dealers face when they're buying stuff well in advance because of supply chain problems at high premiums. And then all of a sudden, bang, premiums drop right around the holidays before those kangaroos were even delivered, selling them at a net loss right now. And, you know, you can't hedge the premium. And so what this really manifests itself in or as is a larger spread for the dealers between buy and sell because they're a little bit nervous um, when premiums are much higher on the ask side and they're they're volatile and we're not sure what happens tomorrow. So all those people out there who think, yeah, the dealers have been making a lot of money in, on these premiums and whatnot. And, and it's, a, it's a notch above the retailers. It's the primary distributors who are the ones who have the contracts with all of the sovereign uh, sovereign mints, and when you're making a promise to pay six bucks over for maple leaves that are now being sold for four, that's more profit than anyone makes in this industry. You don't make that kind of profit selling silver, and so all of a sudden, you've lost two bucks right off the bat on everything you're selling in order to remain competitive, so I guess really what I'm getting at is that, yes, you're still going to get a premium above, and I think as as the ask premium drops, the the spread will narrow. But we've seen large spreads uh, over the last year or so on these coins because the premiums kept going higher and higher and higher. We had to pay more and more and more. And as you have that premium exposure on your balance sheet, you're not able to hedge it. Just the metal content. If I buy a million coins with $6 premium, that's $6 million that I can't hedge, but I can hedge the metal. So it's just a situation where, look, it's very easy to sell the stuff back. It's just as easy as buying it. It's very safe. You're gonna always get, at least in my experience, over spot on almost everything you're gonna buy, but it's difficult to pinpoint it in, a, in an environment where you have schizophrenia in the premium um, market. It, 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 it's making it hard for, uh, for dealers to get uh, their hands wrapped around it. So I guess we'll see but um, it's not a problem and people should never worry about liquidity. In fact, I'd argue it's more liquid than just about anything else because the minute we get it, we send a wire. So it's very, very liquid.
1: Yeah, and um, one thing I wanted to ask you about was, are the delays in uh, the product availability that you've talked about today and a couple of times in the past, have those gotten back to normal yet or is it still longer than, than average lead times?
0: Yeah, you know what's really interesting, Chris, and I expect the delays to come back again. I expect shortages to come back again because, you know, look, you got the LBMA saying that if if un-prentice, if the unprecedented net outflows of silver are like they were in 2022, they can't handle it in 2023. 2023, they'll run out of supply. When you watch the drawdown on on COMEX, you can't continue to watch the supply being drawn down on, on the registered uh, category uh, and expect that the refiners and the people who are accumulating these bars to make coins from either the LBMA or, or from the COMEX will be able to readily get them. When you see the biggest money in the world drawing this stuff down from the top on down, it doesn't resonate with me that stuff is so available right now. It just seems kind of like a sweet spot, like... The 2023 stuff came in. Business slowed down. The retail environment is 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 better liquefied, has better product availability than the LBMA and the COMEX do in in theory. In terms of what I look at now as a snapshot, because all I keep seeing are drawdowns from the largest exchanges in the world and deliveries. I was listening to Rafi uh, just the other day, and you know he's talking about. Uh, the amount of gold that was delivered off of the exchange just in the last few days, Uh, 1,223 contracts last week on January 11th and another 505 gold contracts. You're talking $330 million worth of gold in the last week has been delivered off of COMEX quietly. And last week alone, when you talk about the amount of silver outflows from the ETFs, from the exchanges, all of the Western ETFs and exchanges, you're talking almost nine and a half million ounces of silver quietly exiting stage left. It's continuing. So when you talk about the top on down being bled dry of supply in both gold and silver very quietly, where you have to literally go to, to extraordinary lengths to find the information that tells you how much silver and gold are being delivered off the exchanges, it just tells me that when we look at supply right now, it's a snapshot. And if I had to guess, it goes back to what we've seen the last two or three years because where else does it come from if the major epicenter of supply is being drawn down? At what point, not only that, but the geologic supply is being drawn down with the seven to one ratio priced at 80 to one. And every macro perspective you look at it, the way that you look at it from a macro perspective right now doesn't make sense. Lowering pre- premiums and immediate availability, yet everything from the above us, it's the opposite of that. It's being drawn down. It's disappearing. And I don't know, I think at some point supply um, has to, to, and, and not only supply retail and wholesale, but also the geologic uh, supply has to to find some sort of symmetry with price. And that's why it's so easy for me to say it's the most undervalued asset in the world, silver. I mean, from every single metric that I can see other than a little bit of an anomaly right now with low premiums and, and good availability for the first time in roughly 36 months, it just screams that this is the opportunity, the value that isn't to be found anywhere else, anywhere. I look all around for good value and and, The fact that you have less than a 1% allocation to silver and the whole U.S. financial matrix is just, it's shameful to the financial advisories. And, you know, here you are pounding the table for the last several years in a market that has been ignored by the mainstream, yet the really sophisticated money is taking it hand over fist. And a country like India takes 300 million ounces last year in, in, in deliveries, That's about how much is backing the entire COMEX universe, of which the majority of that amount is not for sale. One-tenth of it is for sale right now. The other 90% in, in the eligible category are in strong hands, and who knows how much, if any, of that is really available to be sold if indeed there's enough demand.
1: Yeah, that's certainly, in my opinion, one of the things to keep an eye on this year. And we'll see what happens with India. And again, also with the registered stockpile on the COMEX and LBMA as well, where at least in December, it looks like their LBMA stockpile stayed about flat. So we'll see if that decline picks up there again going forward. Um, Last one I wanted to ask you, though, was back to the gold side. Are you surprised that we see $1,915? $1920 nineteen twenty dollar gold while the Fed is still raising rates. I mean it's almost especially after what we saw last year during the the hikes and the gold and silver prices got clobbered in the summer. I just keep thinking about that. I know it's happened quickly and there's been a significant rally in the past couple months yet just curious any thoughts you have on the nineteen hundred plus dollar gold while the Fed is still hiking and talking about hiking more.
0: Yeah, I think first of all, from a technical standpoint, last week we saw uh, the golden cross in 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 gold, where the fifty and the two hundred day moving average crossed to the upside. That's an incredibly bullish sign, and half of the world acts on uh, technical analysis. I also think that when you see the, the yuan strengthening against the dollar, you know China doesn't care about rising rates here. They don't care about. Um, especially in the face of a well, yuan strengthening against the dollar, they just want the gold, and they don't care. They just give me the damn gold. I don't care. I think their their aspirations are bigger, much bigger. Um, look, I think this is interesting for people to understand when we try to talk about perception, right? And perception is reality. And if you have enough money, certainly, you know the when we talk about the hundred ounce gold contract. Which is worth roughly 190 plus thousand dollars. You only need 6,900 dollars in your margin account to control that, right? So this is why it's been so easy for the big banks to be on the short side of gold because all you need is 6,900 bucks in your margin account, and you can you can go short or go long a gold contract, which controls almost well 27 plus times. And so we've seen major distortions. But in a world where the demand is such that 400 tons get delivered in one quarter, outside the COMEX and the LBMA, I think there are a lot of banks that are realizing, the big commercial banks, that being on the short side of this is very, very, very dangerous. And I I think what it is basically saying is, look, when you see one whale take possession of 1,250 23 contracts worth $229 million in one day, that should, should tell you that the biggest money in the world is, they don't care what is happening with rates or, or on the periphery. They've been using the last few years suppression of the metal to reposition, to massively accumulate it. So no, I, I'm not surprised at all. In fact, I think it's long overdue. Uh, you know, gold and silver have been distorted, maybe the only assets that have been s- distorted to the downside in an in a era of massively and unprecedented overvalued asset prices, where price discovery is impossible. And maybe just maybe what we are seeing is some sort of attempt at at finding an equilibrium here. Look, at the end of the story, the little boys does see the wolf, the wolf does come and one of these days that's going to happen. And when you see the amount of gold that the whole world is accumulating, to try and hold that back, even with the ability to have 100 or, or 30, 27 times leverage right now is, is a big, big problem. I, I think that you're seeing the biggest players in the world um, move to accumulate gold and and get away from suppressing the price in a concentrated fashion. So no, I think we'll see very easily, I think we'll see the highs uh, of um, last year challenged. And I wouldn't be surprised to see it here really, really soon. In fact, maybe even this month, sure appears that way, maybe into March, but sure appears that way. When you break through that 50 and 200 day, that golden cross from a technical standard, uh, uh, you couldn't ask for for a more bullish, fundamental technical pattern. And when you look at all the things that are happening together, maybe maybe we're going to see the the big funds dip their toe in and start to go long as well. So, no, I'm not surprised at all.
1: Well, sure, we'll be interesting to see how that plays out this year. And uh, especially if we do get some sort of Fed pause or pivot, um, it would be interesting how that shakes out from the current levels. So
0: either- yeah, and I think we will. And, and that's why I don't think inflation has peaked at all. That's, you know, I think the world thinks, or a lot of people think inflation is peaked. Well, first of all, we're not going anywhere near 2%, but it, the bond traders are already telling you with this massive inversion in the yield curve that they expect it to, to they expect them to pivot. And at that point, usher in a whole new round of inflation. I don't think really the whole, I, I think the soft landing nonsense is, uh um it's dumb. It's dumb that we see a rally in, in the stock market, and, and people think so short-term, you need to take a step back and have a, a bigger macro perspective here. So um, the short-term noise, tune it out. Tune tune out the periphery and look at the big picture. The big picture shows a continuing devolarization across the globe, and uh, the big money is, is using the rallies in stocks, the insiders, to sell and to get out, and uh, the public as always will be left holding the bag and yet here is gold and silver while they are outperforming all the major indices and have for the last year um, gaining or getting very very little attention so much so that we see the best premiums in, in three years and you know we'll wake up one day to see a whole new shift in the way people look at gold and silver we're not there yet but I suspect this is why the big money is front running, that type of an outcome. And look, when you take money off the LBMA or off the COMEX, you're sophisticated as hell. And you know that, how hard it was to try to take possession of a contract. We spent forever trying to do it. And granted, it was through a third party. But the point of it is, is that you have to be sophisticated and well-funded and well-informed in order to do it. And yet we see incredibly large drawdowns by the most sophisticated well-funded, well-informed private traders on the globe. Let that be your signpost, your guidepost to where we're going. Tune everything else out. And um, I think that's really the way I I try and look at things right now, because the whole world is a mess and confusing.
1: Well, that certainly does seem to be the case on some days reading the news. And either way, uh, in wrapping up, if people are looking to purchase silver, anything on special this week that you could offer for, for people who are interested in that?
0: Yeah, we have uh, some assorted 10-ounce silver bars that uh, they're various brands, but they'll all be very nice at $2.25 over the price of silver, $2.25. That is 100% the lowest that I have sold anything silver-related other than 1,000-ounce bars for over three years. And I bought 5,000 of them, and uh, they just came in yesterday, I believe, so... There's a lot of bars. They're available for immediate delivery, and uh, two twenty-five over. Honest to God, that's the best price I've uttered to anyone in uh, in the better part of thirty-six months.
1: Well, appreciate that. And if people are interested, they can contact Arcadia at Miles Franklin, uh, of course, with any questions or anything else regarding silver welcome to send an email there and you will get taken care of so andy appreciate you making some time to join me again this week and always always interesting times in the silver world so who knows what will happen by next week but we'll look forward to seeing you again then and you take care of yourself and we'll check in with you soon
0: you stay well brother thank you